It's been 11 years since an Ottawa teen vanished without a trace. Initially thought to be a runaway, there appears to be no indication of what happened to Justin Rudder. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. I speak with Ottawa citizen reporter Taylor Bluett about the circumstances around Rudder's disappearance, why his family has concerns about the police investigation, and whether his mother feels she'll ever get closure. Don't forget, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite shows. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about us. So Taylor, who is Justin Rudder? In October 2009, which is when he disappeared, Justin was 14 years old. He lived in Lower Town, which is in Ottawa. It's kind of a downtown adjacent area. His mom, in our interview, uh, she described the place where they lived as the projects, like it was a pretty rough area. Mm-hmm. From what I've learned about Justin, he was a kid, like he had a lot of energy. He was always outside. He was getting into mischief. You know, his mom said if he could do something to get a rise out of me, he would do it. But he was also a very kind young person. He was really empathetic, really loved his family. And he was well-known and well-liked, it sounded, by a lot of people in the area where he lived. Like a lot of young people at age 14, it, it sounds like, you know, he was just really in the process of figuring out who he was. That's how I think about Justin when I, just based on the conversations that I've had and and the reading that I've done Mm -hmm. from our reporting at the time and then from, you know, speaking to his mom now, looking back, obviously it's been 11 years. When was he last seen? So initially, when police first asked the public for help finding him, so that was back in October 2009, they said he was last seen by a friend on the Thursday night he went missing. So that was October 8th, 2009. And according to police at that time, according to our reporting at that time, he told this friend around 10 p.m. that he planned to stay out late, uh, perhaps all night, and he didn't say why. But fast forward five years down the road, police held a press conference, they released an age progression sketch of what he he might look like at age 19, and uh, put out a reward for information related to his disappearance. And they said that he was last seen by his family on that Thursday in October 2009. Mm -hmm. And according to our reporting at that time, at the five-year mark, they said the information about his being with a friend around 10 p.m. that night, he disappeared, that that was never verified. And if you go and look at the current case profile on the Ottawa Police website, it says he hasn't been heard from since October 2009. So that's kind of where our knowledge stands now. What were the circumstances around his disappearance? Did People just think he, as you say, even though they hadn't verified it, people think that he just went to stay out all night or he ran away from home or things weren't going well. And so he took off. Like what was going on for Justin in his life at the time? Yeah. So his mom, the way she tells it, Justin asked permission to go to the park and said he wouldn't be back late. So she, looking back, questions, you know, why would he ask for permission if if he was intending to run away? That's one of the outstanding questions that she has or the argument she has kind of against the runaway theory. But then you have the information that was put out there at the time that, you know, he told a friend around 10 p.m. that night that he planned to stay out late, maybe all night. But it was also made known to the public that Justin had never stayed away from home overnight before. Mm -hmm. His mom also said that everyone who knew him was telling the police that 
he didn't run away. You know, this doesn't make sense. So there were some indicators this could be a runaway situation. He was struggling uh, with school at that time. He hadn't been showing it up consistently. Um, he had just started high school. There were some red flags, but he was also very young. Like this, this is a 14 year old kid. And although, yes, he had some street smarts, obviously there's major cause for concern when a 14 year old disappears from home. So you did see, you know, major search efforts by family and friends and by police trying to figure out what has happened to Justin and, and where is he. In the intervening years, at least in that first five years before police had done their last big press conference, were there any sightings of Justin or did people think, hey, I've seen him, I've seen this kid who looks like this kid who went missing? Yeah, so there were a number of reported sightings which were shared in the media in the immediate aftermath of his disappearance, kind of in, in the areas around where he lived. But the big development came 10 days after he went missing when police said they had a confirmed sighting. So they said he was seen in Vanier, which is a neighborhood near the lower town area. He was seen in good health, and during a brief conversation with a friend, he stressed that he didn't want to return home. So police continued their search because obviously he hadn't actually been tracked down, but I think this is really the point when the idea that Justin was a runaway really crystallized for a lot of people. Even family at the time started talking about, okay, let's find him and get him help. Obviously, there's a reason he doesn't want to come home. But then as the years passed, police really dropped any reference to that confirmed sighting. And then when that big press conference came at the five-year mark, they said, we've received nearly 50 tips about his whereabouts over the past five years, but police haven't been able to confirm any of them. And Justin's mom said that, you know, the one confirmed sighting that they said they had turned out to be false after time had passed. So that's what I had from his mom as well. So the picture did really change as time went on. Is that when family and, and friends and even police, I guess, started to think that maybe this wasn't a runaway case? Based on my conversations with his mom, like they really felt from the beginning that this wasn't a runaway situation, that Justin wouldn't have done that. Obviously, then they got that information about the confirmed sighting, and that changes the way you look at it a little bit. But really, his mom says she's never really believed that Justin ran away from home, that that's what happened to him. As far as police go, we did an interview more than a year after he had disappeared, at the time we reported, you know, police consider him a runaway, but there was some acknowledgement by the sergeant on the case that it was unusual to have someone gone for this length of time without contact with the family. Mm -hmm. Again, you kind of hear the conversation start to shift a little bit. And then at the five-year mark, police acknowledged that, you know, if, if Justin was alive and well out there on the streets, we think we would be getting information yeah. showing that that is indeed what's happening. And, you know, after all of their investigative efforts, it's, you know, unlikely that he's out there willingly avoiding being found. Mm -hmm. Talking to the police officer, the, um, the sergeant who was formerly with the missing persons unit, who I really spoke with quite extensively for this story, you know, he said after this length of time, after now... 11 years, if you're asking me if, if you think this is a runaway, you know, I would say no. One of the most chilling things in your piece was there was talk about a fight with another kid, a bigger kid, and rumor that that fight sparked a more violent interaction. How did that come to light? And have police had anything to say about this incident? Yeah, so really, this came to my attention in speaking with Justin's mom, who said 
you know, this is a really very much a, a loose end for us. She brought up the fact that Justin was beat up, as she described it, uh, the night that he disappeared by this other youth who was larger than him, and that in the days immediately after his disappearance, she was informed about a talk that was going around that this other youth and his friends were bragging that you know they had stabbed Justin and uh, thrown him off a bridge. Obviously, very, very distressing mm-hmm. to Justin's mom at the time. She took this to police. She said they told her very, very quickly, you know, this is just a rumor. She hasn't been provided access to the case file, which police say would not happen until Justin is found or until, you know, his body is found. That it's really, she doesn't know very much about any investigation that was done into this allegation about what might have happened to him. And as far as the police side of things, we've never really heard any communication about this. Mm -hmm. I did go back and look at a reporting from the time and did find a reference to Justin getting in a fight with another boy. So that was something that was clearly talked about in some capacity at the time, but really it's very much been left as a loose end. And we don't know exactly what, if anything, was done to look into this. Do you know, based on conversations and looking at the files, if there was ever a ground search of the area of Ottawa where Justin lived, if there was a search along the river, anything along those lines to turn up any clues for him? So my understanding is that police definitely search for Justin as far as chasing leads, talking to people, and apparently continue to do so over the years. At that five-year anniversary uh, press conference, they they said they were probing a tip that he could be in the Vancouver area. But as far as a formal search team search in the early days of the investigation, I wasn't able to speak to any of the investigators who were there at that time, so I can't say for sure. But I think if there was, we would have been reporting on any kind of large-scale police search effort. Mm -hmm. And speaking to one of the investigators who came onto the case around the five-year mark and worked in missing persons for about two years, he kind of explained that when you are investigating a missing persons case, you're always considering the potential for a physical search, but you have to have evidence that can justify it. And in his time on the case, he just didn't see that as far as the deployment of a formal search team effort. Ottawa police request for searches, they have to go through a command structure, is how it was explained to me, that can really considers you know, the circumstances, the potential costs, and the probabilities of success. What do Justin's parents feel about the handling of the police investigation, and what are police doing with the file now? So Justin's mom, she says she doesn't know if police did their job, but she doesn't feel like they did. She resents as well the police decision to speak openly about Justin being a runaway. She really feels that that led the public interest to kind of turn away from his case because you hear a runaway, you know, people speculate, people start thinking, oh, he ran away from home, he put this on himself, you know, maybe it's, it's less urgent. That's one of the things she looks back and, and wishes had been done differently. Her experience was that her family didn't have support when it came to processing this kind of giant, unexplained question and this hole in the middle of their lives and really thinks that there needs to be more support for families of, of children who go missing like this and an answer isn't able to be provided. Mm-hmm. If Justin is still alive, he'd be 25 years old now. Does Justin's mom feel that she'll ever get closure, like either word that he is actually alive, going against kind of the the theory that a lot of people would have in a case like this? Or does she at least want to get some sense that, okay, he, he ran away or he left and then 
something horrible happened to him and he died, and at least I can put that chapter behind me. So she said that she has nightmares about what may have happened to him. She told me she hasn't arrived at a final conclusion herself about what she believes really did happen to her son. She told me that she has accepted things for what they are and that life is unfolding as it should. You know, this is me kind of paraphrasing what I heard from her mm-hmm. and that one, you know, one day she'll know what happened. And her faith has offered some comfort. You know, she said, if, if he's not with us, he's with God, that's comforting. But at the same time, she struggles with the idea that he hasn't been buried properly. And she does question that, is he just sitting somewhere out there? So I think that's been a real, real challenge. With a case like this, is it a unique case or are there many other unsolved missing children cases in Canada? It's important to point out that there are tens of thousands of children and youth reported missing every year. And in the vast majority of cases, they're found very quickly. Mm-hmm. However, there are some cases that take longer for the missing young person to be found. And if you go, you can look online, the um, the RCMP's National Center for Missing Persons and Unidentified Remains, they maintain a database. They have it for both missing adults and missing children. I, of course, look specifically at the Missing Children Database. Um, this isn't exhaustive. Uh, this Profiles here are published at the request of the lead investigator on the case, but there are 188 cases of missing children on this website. Um, many of them date back decades So there are cases out there that, as of speaking at this point, a child has been reported missing and they've never been found. What about Justin's case drew you to the story? As I understand, you've been working on this piece for quite a while. Yeah, absolutely. It has been. Initially, this is kind of like inside baseball, but we were going to do a larger project at The Citizen looking at unsolved missing cases. There are a number, obviously, that exist in the Ottawa area. Justin's is one of them. As I came to just read more about the case, it moves you. This is such a young person. He was at an an interesting age where, you know, you're becoming kind of independent, but you're still a child in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And the circumstances of his disappearance are just, they're unusual. There are a lot of answered questions. I think it's fascinating how the narrative around his disappearance really did change with time and with uh, more information and with with various um, investigative efforts being deployed. I feel immense, I guess, empathy for what the family has gone through in this case because it's been so long. It's been 11 years and they really don't have a lot of concrete information about what happened to him and what happened after as far as the handling of his case. There are legitimate reasons, as has been explained to me, that police can't provide families all of the information they might want about an unsolved missing person's case. Mm-hmm. But I put myself in the shoes of a family who's, you know, they question not only what happened to my child, but was it handled appropriately? And just in the kind of information vacuum that they have to live with, I can only imagine the the pain that that causes and the anguish as you just, you question, yeah, what happened to my child? Was their case handled properly? Could something have been done differently to bring them home? So that, yeah, that really moved me. Yeah. As a parent of two young children, I can't even imagine the torture that that would be to lose a child and not have any answers as to what happened. It's a great read at ottawacitizen.com. Taylor, thanks for your time. Thanks so much for having me. 10.3 is produced by Carson Jarama. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Taylor Blewett. More from her at ottawacitizen.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.